0: Welcome to this week's Energy Show. We often talk about current and future solar technology. These are solar things that we're putting on our roof, new systems, new solar cells, inverters, and things like that. But how did we get here? The answer is that there have been hundreds of solar pioneers over the past 50 years. They've had visions going back 50 years of solar panels on every sunny rooftop and in every unoccupied field. Now, last year, it was the very first gathering of these U.S. solar pioneers, and my special guest this week is Jeff Spees, organizer of this Solar Pioneers gathering. Jeff's day job is as Senior Director of Policy for QuickMount PV. Jeff is also a board member at the California Solar Energy Industries Association, or CALSEA, and secretary of the National Board of Certified Energy Practitioners, more commonly known as NABSET. I've gotten to know Jeff over the years as a tireless advocate for safe and cost-effective solar power systems. His heart's in the right place, and Jeff is indeed a solar pioneer. So, welcome to the show, Jeff. Great to be here, Barry. All right, good. Well, let's just start right off, and if you want to just give me an overview of what the Solar Pioneers Gathering is all about.
1: Well, it started more as a reunion party for my coworkers from uh, Alternative Energy Engineering, which one of, was one of the first wholesale solar distributors in the industry, uh, one of the largest, and the company that I started uh, my PV career at. And uh, we wanted to just get the gang back together and have a, a fun party. And uh, it started that way, but it grew into a gathering of the folks that invented the PV industry. And it was really just a, a wonderful, magical experience.
0: And where where was this gathering and when was it held?
1: The event occurred, we called the Solar Pioneer Party, in Humboldt County last October. And as mentioned, it was initially just a a, a voluntary gathering, uh, casually organized to uh, get all of these folks back together and have a good time again. And uh, we, we did it up in a small town called Bryceland, California, which is about a 15-minute drive west of the Garberville area, as many people that drive north on the 101 to Humboldt County have passed through there. And it's just a really phenomenal location, no cell phone service, so we didn't get interrupted the whole day. And it was in a nice hillside with that wonderful Humboldt mix of sun and mist and rain and a rainbow.
0: Wow, wow. And who attended that first gathering? What was the kind of mix of people you had there?
1: Well, the the... As the event started to build some momentum with people saying, gee, I'll go to that, uh, we really wanted to try to attract those original early pioneers of the PV industry. So I am fortunate to be friends with many of these folks and explain to them, gee, why don't you try to get some of your friends to come out to this? Uh, I, I was concerned, quite honestly, that many of these folks are getting up in years, uh, the average age, I would say, of the real core group that helped found the PV industry is ranges in age from probably mid-60s to mid-80s. And uh, my hope was that we could get these folks back together one more time, just for old times' sake. And uh, And we did get a really strong turnout of some of the who's who of who started the PV industry, I would venture to say that two-thirds of the more notable names that we were hoping would come did make it to the event. And we had also a large showing from that next generation of solar professional, folks like myself and, and you know, folks that are even relatively new to the industry but were dedicated very much to paying tribute to these folks that helped start this wonderful industry, and provides us with a livelihood and helps Improve the overall quality of our utility infrastructure.
0: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I, I, I just saw by some of the, the people who attended, and in, in this year also, it's, it's kind of self selecting. You've got a lot of the pioneers, and then the people who want to be pioneers, the people who, the pioneers of today. They really have committed themselves to the PV industry. I mean, they're not just mercenaries. They're taking a paycheck. They're really committed to it. But I didn't realize that the average age, I guess I could, should have figured it out, the average age is 60 to 80 years old. I mean, you said it was like pretty pretty remote and everything like that. Do they have solar power defibrillators yet? I mean, what do you do in that case?
1: That was uh, one of the running jokes of the event, uh, and uh, uh, I heard the term gray beard more than once during the event. I've got a little gray in my beard, but uh, we certainly had some folks that were were up there in years, and fortunately there were no uh, uh, problems. Everybody had a wonderful time, and uh, I would say without hesitation, and it was the highlight of my career to get together with all these people who I really Uh, have such high regard for. In my mind, these are kind of the equivalent of a football fan meeting all of his football heroes from all time, and that's the way that I think many in my generation felt about the event. We got a chance to interact with these wonderful people that are so significant to why this technology exists today and and I want to make one point you you mentioned the pioneers of, of uh, the solar industry here in the United States and there's there, that term is is nebulous and has been discussed extensively since this whole concept came about Uh, first and foremost, uh, we are paying tribute to the pioneers of PV, and it's no disrespect to the pioneers of solar thermal. Unfortunately, those people passed away about 100 years ago because solar thermal really debuted in a significant way in the late 1800s. And while the PV industry also debuted in the late 1800s, in fact, John Perlin has this wonderful photograph showing a solar PV system on a rooftop in Manhattan in 1880. It wasn't until the 1980s when these off-grid homesteaders in remote parts of the U.S. needed power and this business grew to supply electricity to these people that lived in remote areas where that just wasn't accessible. So we're focusing on what I like to refer to as the pioneers of PV, but in fairness, many of the folks that are instrumental in PV were also significant in the world of solar water heating.
0: Yeah, well, that's kind of how my background started back in the 70s. It was, you know, solar hot water. PV was just completely infeasible unless it was on a satellite. But it really... um, it's something that took off in the 80s and especially in the 90s and the, the 2000s. But also, just thanks to you, and th- hats off for organizing this and, and continuing um, that organization for this year's uh, event. But what what was on the agenda last year, and what do you have on the agenda for this year's gathering?
1: Well, the, uh, <laughs> the thing that was quite interesting about last year and this year, last year it was a completely voluntary event. I organized it myself just as an idea, and it spread through word of mouth and... Uh, The primary thing on the agenda was getting together, hanging out, and talking, and and enjoying each other's company. And uh, when you get that many people who are so incredibly intelligent, I would venture to say that most of these pioneers I know are really at the genius level, and just the most personable, interesting people you've ever met. The entertainment is just getting to talk to and know these folks. And that's really what the two days, the Friday and the Saturday up in Humboldt, were all about, was just mixing with one another. We had music playing in the background, but the the, the, the main event really was the opportunity for people to reacquaint themselves with each other, get to know folks that they hadn't met before, and share stories. And, and that's indeed what we're planning for this year in Grass Valley in October, here in just a couple weeks, is is an opportunity for that next generation of solar professional and solar pioneers and to get together and uh, get to know one another. We have a little bit more organized storytelling hour. We will be unveiling a teaser for the documentary film that has grown out of this event. I've uh, been for the past year now running through uh, around the western U.S., primarily interviewing many of the folks that were instrumental in the start of the PV industry as we now think of it. And I'll reiterate that uh, uh, we're really talking about the start of the industry. The technology itself, while fascinating, uh, uh, really was a secondary consideration in some respects to the start of the industry because the PV cells existed. But developing a market for those here on Earth was a really fascinating process and so this documentary film is telling the story about how this PV technology that had debuted in the space program primarily made its way to power homes and businesses in these remote parts of California and
0: elsewhere. Yeah and it's a saga that absolutely continues as we kind of go from a, a tiny penetration to what ultimately will be we hope major form of electricity generation. So what what can we learn from these pioneers? What What are some of the, the the skills that they can teach us, or or things that they did to get over the hump in at their time of the industry, and and how can we apply that to the conditions that we have in the PV industry now?
1: Well, it's a heavy question, one that I've considered a lot over the past year as we've been interviewing all of these people who were instrumental to the start of this industry, and I would say a couple. Major messages come forth in these interviews that are consistent from one person to the next that we're interviewing, uh, and 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 uh, obviously one of the significant elements that they focus on is is the concept of sustainability and, and caring for the environment. They're universally concerned about the uh, about the impact that humans have on the environment around them, and trying to do what we can to preserve this planet that we have, uh, the air that we breathe for future generations. And the other thing that really stands out to me in these interviews is the commitment that all of these pioneers had to this sense of community, everybody pitching in, doing their share to contribute to the greater good of society. And it was really quite poignant as we went through these interviews to get to that part of the interview where we asked them about their thoughts for the future, advice, and uh, I think, be featuring a lot of that uh, wisdom and foresight and advice to future generations in the film itself that will debut this time next
0: year. Wow, that, that's terrific. Well, I'm really looking forward to getting some feedback to this year's gathering. Um, I'd, I'd love to be there, but I'll be on the other side of the planet. And shifting gears a little bit, let's talk a little bit about uh, your day job, about QuickMount PV. Tell me what you do there and tell me what PV QuickMount's about.
1: Well, uh, quick-mount PV is the largest manufacturer of residential roof attachments for solar systems. We waterproof the holes that you drill to secure that PV system to the roof. We make racking systems for asphalt shingle that are a rail-free system. Uh, my job is, is an interesting one. It's The title is Senior Director of Policy, and uh, I tell people I like that title because nobody knows quite what you do. And sometimes I wonder <laughs> if I do, but I do a, a little bit of a lot of different things. I'm engaged in, in the development of uh, standards such as UL2703, where I am on the standard technical panel and I chair the bonding and grounding task group. I uh, do serve on the uh, uh, the board and I'm secretary of the North American Board of Certified Energy Practitioners, NABCEP, which certifies solar installers and sales professionals. Uh, for CalSEA, of course, I serve as a board member as well as chair chairing the codes and standards committee Uh, so i'm involved in a lot of codes and standards work but i do a tremendous amount of education of solar installers on a broad range of subjects ranging from of course the uh... roof attachments the quick mount pv manufacturers to roofing codes and standards and even the topic of solar business i have been since i got into the pv industry ten years ago coaching contractors as to how to digest the solar industry so you can get uh, the right direction early in your career from the standpoint of education, certification, an appreciation for some of the policy-related issues that really drive the solar industry.
0: And uh, so you're doing a lot on the codes and standards side, and I know that Kelsey uh, has been active there and also C has got a committee. That's focusing on codes and standards. Why is that so important? I mean, why do we have to care about codes and standards? We're just we just want to buy stuff and put it on the roof. Tell me why the the UL codes are there and the purpose, and then what you're doing to improve them.
1: Well, solar, as I mentioned, as a technology, whether it be water heating or solar electric, debuted over 130, 140 years ago. Uh, but it was such a uh niche technology, a narrowly defined technology, were so few installations that building departments across the country largely ignored these installations. If thirty years ago somebody put a solar PV array on their home, they didn't understand what it was, and as a result, there were no real codes or standards that were applicable. So the local building officials made decisions if it was a inspected system, a permanent inspected system that seemed sensible, but they didn't have any guidance. And as solar grew considerably in the late 2000s, building officials who had rarely, if ever, seen a permit application for a solar PV system started to get a flood of permit applications. And I would say in my interactions with these building officials that they are a very conscientious group of individuals that want to do the right thing, in my view, uh, uh, strive for that. Uh, But they were intimidated, I feel, by the huge volume of applications for installation or permit applications, and, and they didn't have a set of rules as to how you should safely and properly install a solar system. So this is where the codes and standards started to accelerate in their development, and over the past five to eight years, we've seen a dramatic change in the codes from the standpoint of the National Electric Code, the Building Code, the Fire Code and uh, many changes that have impacted the way that solar installation is done. Unfortunately, because of the complexity of these new codes and standards like UL 2703 and the changes to UL 1741 and 1703, it's caused a lot of confusion because it takes time to digest what all of this means. This is the reason why codes and standards are so important, because if they develop quickly without the understanding of how they work, it becomes an impediment to solar installers so every jurisdiction now starts to interpret these new codes and standards in either slightly different ways which itself is challenging but sometimes in dramatically different ways which causes solar installers to have to redesign the systems in unique ways on a jurisdiction by jurisdiction basis it's a cost issue but it's unfortunately a very deeply uh, buried cost that often isn't separated out on a balance sheet for an installer and uh, my hope is that solar installers, solar manufacturers, and all the stakeholders start to recognize the significance that in the long run this makes and contribute resources today to helping make these codes and standards better and helping uh, improve the level of education of solar installers and building officials as right. to how they work so we eliminate yeah. these extra
0: costs. Yeah, no, I, that's something that uh, I, I've lived through for the past 15 plus years. I remember when I first started installing solar in, in the, the Bay Area, the inspectors uh, were—they're going to inspect the solar system, and the uh, a bunch of the inspectors in multiple jurisdictions said, "Well, where's the copper pipe? They're looking for the <laughs> copper pipe for the, the thermal system. No, 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 this is PV." And they—we we used to run classes, and we would teach the inspectors in the area how to do this, and you know, they got much much better at it. And, and I really do always urge my customers. To get an inspection, um, it, it's mandatory, but sometimes people do it yourself, and those those I cringe. But the inspectors almost always really, really do a good job. They're, you're talking about kind of standardization of the inspectors. About 10 years ago, I was doing installations on the East Coast in New York City and in, in, uh, Staten Island, and they would require a separate UL test for each individual residential installation. And basically that just meant the market wasn't going to go anywhere. So efforts of of people like you to to really standardize this has really, really made a big difference. But I can tell you that meeting those uh, codes and standards requirements, just checking off the boxes – it can be outrageously expensive for a manufacturer we I mean, were talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars on a product and those costs eventually trickle down to the customers but they do generally make the system safer well so let me let me ask a question how did you originally get into the solar industry
1: well i had a brief stint while i was in college in the Mid 80s working in the world of solar water heating systems. I was a telemarketer who used to call you while you were eating dinner and ask if you wanted to buy a Starpack solar energy system. And I was pretty good at it, but for whatever reason, of course, and I think the big one was that uh, the solar water heating industry imploded in the mid 80s in that brief stint that I worked there during my college years. I ended up going to work in the industrial automation sector where A big part of the work I had done was uh, focused on education, training a wide variety of technical professionals from engineers to technicians, repair people on a wide variety of electromechanical motion control equipment. And after 20 years of doing that and not being particularly gratified with the end result of my work, I liked aspects of it, uh, I, with the strong encouragement of my wife uh, decided to get into the the pv industry and the interesting thing because this is before it was a happening thing i mean it was starting to grow but it, it the growth took off considerably after i joined and uh, i was a little bit apprehensive because it was difficult to learn anything about pv online and i went to one of the well at that time it was the biggest trade show in the industry solar power 2006 to see if i can unravel the mystery and i fortunately, made contact at that event with, uh, with Annie Katz, who, uh, she's uh, David Katz's wife at the Solar Power 2006 trade show in San Jose, uh, and uh, started a, a correspondence with, uh, with Annie and Jeff Haas, who was the VP of sales, and over the course of the next six months, I started to get my solar training from Solar Energy International, and when I felt competent enough to go into the world of solar, uh, contacted AEE Solar, went up to Humboldt County and interviewed with David Katz, and we hit it off, and it was a wonderful experience uh, working as the director of training and trade shows for AEE Solar for a few years where I organized several of the largest technical training conferences that still to this date have ever been held. So wow. uh, that's... that's how I got into the PV industry, and I really love it. It's a fantastic group of
0: folks. Yeah, that's that's terrific. And Jeff, you are one of the most conscientious and competent people I know in the PV industry and, and really out there for customers and uh, people within the industry to really make sure that these systems are going to work and they're going to be safe and they're going to be operating for a long time. How can people get in touch with you?
1: Well, I, uh, I, my Quick Mount PV email address is fairly straightforward. It's my first dot last name, so Jeff.spees, which is spelled like spies at quickmountpv.com
0: Okay, terrific. And uh, if anybody wants to get more information about Solar Pioneers, is there a website or a Facebook page that they could take a look at?
1: There is. uh, The website is easily enough to remember. It's www.solarpioneerparty.com. And it is an invitation event, but if you know me, just send me an email. I'll get you the registration password. All the information about the event is there at that website.
0: Great, and then people can uh, keep their eye out for the upcoming feature film on Solar Pioneers.
1: Which we plan to debut at the third and final Solar Pioneer
0: Party next fall. All right, terrific. Well, thank you very much, Jeff. This was a a great segment, and I wish you uh, all the luck in the world. I'm sure the next Solar Pioneers gathering is going to be terrific. And I hope you can make that, Barry. <laughs> Very good. Thanks, Jeff. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Well, that's all the time we have on this week's Energy Show. Thanks, Jeff, for joining us, and thanks to all of our listeners for tuning in. If you missed any of today's show, you can always go to our website at cinnamonsolar.com and listen to the podcasts.